With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Happy Friday. I don't know if you've noticed, but tomorrow is the premiere of season six. I'm smiling. You can't see me, but I'm smiling over here. It's very cool. It's kind of snuck up on me, and I've even been delivering episodes. It felt like a fight. For this season, for some bit. weird reason, it just bit. snuck up on us because we're still yet to shoot episode six yeah. of season yeah, yeah. six yet. It's going to be a winter piece. It's going to be very different for us, even though fun. we shot in the winter for us, you know, the cold yeah, notwithstanding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's yeah, going to be sure. a little bit of a different out, outlook, I guess, a different take on things. We're approaching a different thing. We're having a tired so discussion. Doing it this late, though, in the season yeah. when it's already started and then we're filming again, yeah, yeah. so we're backed up. Anyway, I'm excited. Very excited. It's going to be really cool. The first episode is the Supra comparison. Absolutely. It is the, the brand new M2 competition versus a 718 Cayman S versus the Toyota GR Supra. Yep. The, it's a great. one we've really been waiting for. I, yeah. I'm really excited. I episode mean, two is trucks, which is really cool. That's the trucks in Atlanta. And episode three is the Porsche Experience Atlanta, both those Atlanta pieces. And then we have uh, the big sedan piece coming. Is that going to be number three? Are you slotting uh, no, that in No, the big sedan three? piece will be number four. Four. Actually, What's actually, three? take that back. Uh, three, three is Porsche Experience. Pickups, Picatel, big sedans. Actually, you know what? I should be more. I should be and more clear. This. this is all happening on the Motor Trend Cable Channel. Just to clarify, Motor Trend Cable Channel and the Motor Trend app are not the same thing. I have to say this over and over because I know it's confusing. Yeah, I know yeah. it is. We are on the Motor Trend Cable Channel. If you get cable, we'd love for you to be watching these premieres. We are not on the app. Any way you get the Motor Trend Cable Channel, though, which you can get it through Hulu add-ons and PlayStation add-ons mm-hmm. and all kinds mm-hmm. of other – you can even get it through YouTube as the, you know, the YouTube TV thing. Any way you can see the Motor Trend Cable Channel, you can see us. Saturday morning, quite early, DVR it, watch it later. <laughs> quite early, But yes. your viewing counts – for our Nielsen rating, and the Nielsen rating is this weird thing that everybody cares about and sponsors it's really this like. It's black hole of mysteriousness. It's not analytics like you'd normally find yeah. on YouTube, but that's fine. Whatever. We would love to have you watching. These will follow to Amazon in the next week or 10 days. We're going to try to get them out a little earlier this year. We are actually running, for the fourth week of the season, we're running We're running The Middles, an episode that everybody really liked from last season. Yeah. So if you think about yeah. our first, I'm going to Very go cool. through the first seven weeks of this season real quick. It is the super piece to start. The three big pickups in downtown Atlanta. Then it's going to be the Porsche Experience. Then it's the Middles from okay. last season, which was the Veloster N, the Civic SI, and the and the Golf the R. Middles. Uh, this is yeah, what people sorry, shop. Sorry, the GTI, not the Golf R. So that there's that one exactly. Yeah. Then we have the big sedan piece, which is very very fun and weird. Then we have our last lemons piece. It's called Redemption, where we try to get that boxer to get across the finish line. Yeah. And then we have this piece we're about yeah. to shoot in the snow that is a big discussion about tires and all-wheel drive and rear-wheel drive and sports cars in the snow. It's going to be a very fun season. Okay, so by early, we mean 7.30 Eastern on the Motor Trend Cable Channel. Yep, yep, yep. And that is 4.30 Pacific. And again, as Todd said, you're DVRing. That counts. Some magic Absolutely. way. There's a plus three number and a plus seven number in the Nielsen ratings. Mm-hmm. It's a magic way of doing all... It's, if you happen I to be a Nielsen family it. right now they and you can't happen to be it. listening, you will never tell but, us you're a Nielsen but family, they can't but I love you. It yeah. So yeah, yes, yeah. all this is happening. Uh, so yes, we're uh, we're excited to share. There's uh, a new series that we're going to be doing versus Four Topic Tuesday coming. It's the best mm-hmm. new cars from every manufacturer, and we are deciding to do it for every Topic Tuesday, as yes. long as it takes. We're not giving That's ourselves fair. an That's end right. date. Yeah. 
please keep writing your Topic Tuesdays because we do need a back catalog of mm-hmm. fun Topic Tuesdays to yeah, lean on. Be cool. But this will be Best New Cars, so that'll be Topic Tuesdays. Well, it's going to be hang best. Hang on, throughout January and February. It's going to be Best Cars per brand, yes. but it's not even necessarily new ones. We're going to go back from the last 10 years because we did this the last time we did this. Yes. So cars that you could get into that are at the most 10 years old. This will allow us mm-hmm. to also cover the questions that many of you have asked about our favorite cars of the last decade and that kind of stuff. That will get covered by this. We have some manufacturers we're going to stop on and say, wouldn't it be cool if that actually idea came up because somebody from Nissan wrote to us with a question, which I thought was very interesting. We're going to turn into product planners. Uh, Yeah, I don't know how well that's going to go, but we're going to stumble through that. It's going to be very, very fun. A lot of Tuesdays coming. Well, a quick update from the last podcast. Greg Conte wrote to me and said, you know how we're talking about Stupid Cruise? Yeah. And how I want Stupid Cruise back. Apparently, he said, it exists. And what you have to do is he's got a Toyota RAV4 Mm -hmm. that does have adaptive cruise control, but it can be deactivated and turned back into dumb cruise control (laughs) by holding the set button for a longer length of time, which is good news. Quite a few of them can, but how they do it is all kind of different. Yes. So just the fact that this is available on Toyota products, so you hold the set button in longer, of course, yeah, it's different activation on different cars, and then it changes the symbol on the instrument cluster to the traditional speedometer symbol (laughs) i would like all of this to be available and you know what i'm glad it is that's great news i wasn't aware of this so greg thank you for writing the email and letting us know because that's good news for all of us who want to revert back to you got to be smart to find the dumb i guess you got to go backwards you've always got to hold it in longer and always got it of course they're never going to tell you that so this is great news so hopefully other cars will continue to have this just like you can shut off any other kind of you know Mm -hmm. feature Mm -hmm. that's Stupid start Featured stop. now officially in quotes. Yeah. Oh, that it's, yeah, it's not a feature. It's <laughs> just, it, whenever we get in a new press car, it happens because it defaults to on the start stop feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we come to a stop and it dies. And instantly, either one of us just go, Grr, yeah, we're fighting where's for the, the button? button. We're fighting for the button. Yeah. And we're both looking like, oh, oh here it is. Slam it off. And, and the reason, honestly, the reason that we're that way is because in Los Angeles, Honestly, when, a, when the light goes green, there's no waiting for your car to get itself started. You, when the light goes green, it's a, it's a horse race. Yes, you got to be going yes. right now. So anyway, that that happens I, for I sure. I do hear that uh, somebody else wrote to us, and I I didn't I saw the comment. I don't know who it is offhand, but you wrote to us in Los Angeles. It's a, a godsend. It's a blessing, and I do hear you on that. When you just are creeping along in traffic, keeping that distance for you. I can I can. Oh, see you're talking it. about smart cruise. The smart yeah, cruise. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can see it, and I I agree. For the most part, that's not how people are used to using cruise control. But then it still does the same thing because of the accordion effect throughout mm-hmm. traffic. Well, it still does it, and you're still stuck back here because there's inevitably somebody ahead of you that isn't catching up to the pack. My you're issue. Like, Catch up to the pack so yes. we can go. My issue with smart cruise control in Los Angeles, actually, is the fact that you can change your follow distances. And the mm-hmm. shortest follow distance is not short enough for Los Angeles. Four cars will fit in that space. And now exactly. you're pushed back even further. The follow exactly. distances in L.A., and I know it's this way other places, are terrifying. Mm-hmm. And, and at a level where I guarantee you no lawyer would have ever signed off for the follow distance of a smart cruise control. And I'm telling you, you said it for the, the shortest distance possible. That is four cars worth of space that will f- invariably fit <laughs> in traffic. It needs to be a, a predefined setting. So you just set it. Just far enough so I don't hit you. Yeah. Just close enough so nobody else can squeeze in. Exactly. Well, you, you almost What's that you almost need. You almost I can't believe we're spending <laughs> this much time on smart cruise control, but you almost need to have a custom setting where you can set a mm-hmm. custom follow distance. Because if you are in a place like Los Angeles, you better be breathing that guy's fumes, <laughs> otherwise somebody else is in the way. Until the guy in front of you notices that's what you're doing and starts to 
slam on the brakes. That's a little all more of Los and, Angeles, though. And check you, and you're like, G-g-g-g. everybody in Los Stop Angeles it. is that way, though. That, that's how traffic <laughs> travels. True. You could travel along. Here's it's the thing: true. if you're in LA and 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 stop and go traffic gets to moving traffic where everybody's going 40 you're still right off everybody's bumper mm-hmm. it doesn't spread out to people going like 60 or 70 then it spreads out a bit but still not much it's kind of terrifying that but that's thing? what la does couple of fun car debates coming at you one from light johnson he's in savannah georgia and he's a recent victim of the disease and Love then it. we've also got uh, out in oklahoma city neil k is writing mm-hmm. because uh his daughter's are addicted to speed. His <laughs> two-year-old and four-year-old daughters are addicted to speed. He keeps hearing, go faster, daddy. That's hysterical <laughs> to me. I love that. We're going to look for a car just for speed. Just it's gonna be it's awesome. for the love kids. It. We're love doing it. it for the kids. <laughs> it's all for the kids. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's, talk, let's talk about Light's question here. Interesting. He actually works. He's in Savannah, Georgia. He actually spends three weeks at a time off on an oil rig and then a week home. All right. He is uh, recently, as I said, become a victim of this disease. He's 28 and he says, all my life I've never really cared that much about cars. He's looked at them just as a means to get around. Sure, sure. Which is fine. Yeah, it happens. There's many people that do and mm-hmm. that's totally okay. He says, you know, you'd want as nice as cars anybody could get, but he's never really thought of having the fun car. It's a, it's a mindset. It really mm-hmm. is. It's that, just, yeah, for sure. you know, once you switch over and think, well, this is just for fun. This could be fun. Yeah, yeah. He just wakes up and gets in the car and you go drive just for that purpose. This is how he's lived his life up until two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> what I like about car people is we all have this story. We'll have the story. It was like, I was a zombie and now look what's happened to the me. The awakening happened. Exactly. He says, I currently own a 2016 Ram 1500, but a friend of his was moving and said, could I borrow your pickup truck for a week? As always happens to pickup and truck owners. I'm moving. <laughs> Will you help me? Or can I borrow always your have truck? a friend. Always. Yes. He says, you know, can I borrow your truck? So they decided to swap. Now, the car that he swapped for was a 2011 BMW M3. Quite different than his pickup. So his friend brought the car over, and they did the swap thing, and everything was fine. And then the next day, Light got in the car to run some errands, and for the first time, he could feel creases in the street. (laughs) This is called the awakening. Welcome. This is how it happens. (laughs) This is the beginning of the end, my friend. He says, the steering was more responsive than he's ever felt. He dove into a corner... And the V8 just screamed when you open it up. That one definitely does. It, yeah. it screams, and then the gas needle moves along with that Both screaming. Of those, they're connected. So, just so they're you know. connected, yes, for sure. All right, he says, let me preface this by saying he's only owned trucks his whole life. First car was a 2008 Ford F350, which is even bigger. Yep. And then, of course, he's got the Ram now, and he says, driving this M3 for a week was amazing. He found himself taking the long routes just about everywhere, and the, for it. the first time, he found himself accelerating on an on-ramp, yelling, Woohoo! <laughs> I I can uh, see it at the top of your lungs. Light, thanks for joining us because because the there's, the disease is real. My you friend. saw there's no speed limit signs on the on ramp. It's only yeah. until you get to the freeway that this that that stretch. also also better to decelerate to merge into traffic than to still be accelerating <laughs> and slow the people behind you down. Yeah, yeah, I'm hard on the brakes to ease into traffic. Zipper <laughs> merge anyway. All right, yeah. so of course he had to give the car back at the end of the week. He's craving the experience again, and he said, I got back in the Ram, and it just felt numb. He wanted to rush out and buy an M3, but he stopped, took a deep breath, and started doing research, Uh which is when he came across the podcast. Thank you. I'm sorry, and you're welcome all at once. He's a heavy podcast listener, but when he's out on the rig, working 14 hours a day, surrounded by water, and he says, we've got the best show he's found so far. Thank you for listening. Thank you. We're, We're honored to have all of you with us. He's been power listening, so he's completely caught up on years of content in three months. 
Wow, man. Thank Holy you. Holy moly. All right. You do have 14 hours a day to listen to podcasts. I will give you that point, but wow, still. He says he would hear the podcast in his dreams. That's that's that's, that's, that's simultaneously really cool that's and far. terrifying. I'm, I'm, I'm saying both are true, yeah. All right. So he's been doing research on M3s. He's come across the bearing issue, and he says this seems to be a non-issue because it affected 4% of the 2011 models, 4% of the 2008 and 2009 versions, and he said it was supposed to be completely fixed after the 2013. Every car But this is the internet. This. Every car has this. The you will internet, fear yes. the meltdown of whatever you're about to mm-hmm. buy. Welcome to Phaeton Maserativille. <laughs> yes, I we have a feared the meltdown. <laughs> and that's, honestly, some of that stuff has happened to Todd. So yes, it's not true. unfounded. True, yes, yes. None of this stuff has happened to the Quattroporte yet, but I'm just saying. Well, but all, all the scary noises right are there. Yeah, for yes. sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the noises are <laughs> omnipresent. Yeah, <laughs> that's but, excellent. Yes. But even though some of that stuff has happened to the Phaeton, we've gotten through it. Mm-hmm. She's running. We've done the temporary fixes, and everything's running right now. Yes, so it true. doesn't mean it's across the board. It's always going to happen. But it's that okay. IMS discussion that we've it had is. with Porsche where you would you would think that any of the cars that have the possibility of the IMS bearing will definitely have the IMS bearing based on the freakout on the Internet. And that every car has that thing. And it isn't ever nearly as bad as the internet would suggest. But mm-hmm. he's done the research yeah. anyway. He he isn't scared of getting one of these cars. But at least Light stopped himself and said, okay, okay, I should at least probably cross shop. Yeah, well, he, he said – He's almost know, bought an M3 already. But he's come to <laughs> us to kind of has. give him some some homework. Yeah, well, he's he's mentioned that what has clicked with him is when we talk about – when people write to us and say, we think you know, su- such and such a car is just amazing, mm-hmm. but they haven't driven the competitors. Sure, yeah, yeah. Which is true. It's, it's a big thing. It's, it's hard to drive cars in a vacuum. Yeah. I mean, well, physically. What happened? Notwithstanding. <laughs> that, but that, that's separate. You know thing. what I mean. That, that's a science question. They, but they besides need that, air in the engine. But yeah, there anyway. is that. But, but the, besides that, the fact that people will drive a car that they have fallen in love with, as light has, and you'll go buy it and you'll be happy, and that's great. But if you drive the competition, you may find something that is along that same line that's even better for you. You very well could. So he's looking ahead to February 2020 with a budget of 30K, Paul limited budget of 36K. (laughs) He's not married, doesn't have kids or a wife. He can throw practicality out the window. I love it. And he might track whatever he gets. I love this. I love this. So we have home. Essentially, it's drive homework for light. Yeah. Which is great. This is is exciting because... You've got a bit of time, like, to plan your drive homework out. It could be a combination of a Turo and some dealer test drives. Mm-hmm. And you did mention that you didn't want to just, you know, line up at dealers for the seven days out of a month that you're home. You did. Because well, you're not home very yeah, often. For sure, definitely. So, yes, you've got to be a little bit strategic about it. So maybe it's a combination of figuring out your own homework and what it's going to be like. Maybe mm. you've got some friends that know people you can ask for a drive. If they've got, you know, some car that's in that M3 competition world. Maybe. yeah, yeah. And you could say, hey, do you think they'd do me a solid and they'd take me out for a drive and then let me drive it for a little bit, talk about the car, Hmm, I'm thinking about buying one, you know, or local car clubs. Because as a matter of fact, we know a car club up in Seattle called Avance, Mm -hmm. and the whole premise was driving each other's cars, essentially. If if you want to trade keys, great. You don't have to. But hey, you're interested in my car. I'm interested in yours. Let's trade keys. We trust each other. And so they've actually built quite a community there, and it's even growing. Mm -hmm. And I love the concept of just, hey, we're all into this, and I've never driven your car. Do you you mind if I take it out? Mm -hmm. And, you know, tell me what you know, tell me your your guidelines. Give me restrictions. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. those restrictions, and I'll do the same. And in return, and we can drive each other's cars. Yeah. And what a great way to get drive homework done. Totally, totally. It's really yeah. cool. So that kind of thing, you might be able to lean on some car clubs again, friends, your network, car clubs, forums, that kind of thing. Hey, I'm 
really interested. And I bet you people would surprise you with wanting to help. Like, mm. I love this car. Mm. I would love it if you bought one. Yeah. Sure, let's go out for a drive to give it, you know, them an excuse to drive their car. And then, Possibly. you know, they might turn the keys over to you and ride with you and discuss, and they'll tell you everything. I mean, you will need to cheer your arm off to get out of there. I'm You'll sure. learn more than you ever would any other way. That's For true. sure. That's very true. Yeah, yeah. All right. So as we mentioned, the first episode of Season 6 is the Toyota Super Comparison. That 718 came in S and the brand new M2 competition, which has replaced the janky regular old M2 yeah. that I used to want. <laughs> the <sighs> boring M2. Yeah. Okay. We consider these three cars to be benchmarks for driving fun, despite, you know, comparisons to supercars. Sure, yeah, yeah. So in comparison to the high end of cars, they're amazing cars to drive, and they're relatively cheap in that comparison. Sure, yeah. As cars go, they're expensive. Yeah. The Supra's sixty grand. The they're, they're all more. out of his budget here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we consider these to be a very high watermark right in the middle of you know, another step this way, you're going to supercars. Going down, you're going to lesser expensive mm-hmm. cars, but might not be quite as good. So hopefully you get a chance to drive those. Maybe something, if you see the episode light, maybe something we say about them will resonate and kind of push you in that direction. Help you find a car. Maybe you'll think, yeah. okay, I like M3s, but huh, what about an M2? See, that's on my list. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe something might grand, guide you in that direction. Could you get a first-year... The boring old M2. Because you get a first year M2. Can't I think they st- they're, they're, they're around there. I they're would around love there. To have a regular grand. old M2. They're brilliant. I think, I think driving the M2 in comparison would be interesting. The thing I wonder about it in comparison to that is that M3. Is the one M3 with that big screaming V8? Thirsty and, V8. Yeah, oh, 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 quite thirsty. And and the other thing about that V8 is the fact that it is one of those classic motors where it its power is all really high up in the rev band, where it burns mm-hmm. even more gas. That's where it has the most personality and the most power. We've driven that in multiple variations. It was in our Icon film. We've driven it on the ring. That M3 with that V8 is very, very cool. I, I'm wondering, based on your truck history and what you've told us about driving that M3, if, if V8 is a key thing for you. And I want to talk on both sides of that issue. Obviously, if you get an early M2, if you can find one for your budget, it won't have the V8, and it won't have the same steering. I'd be very curious for you to drive it to see if you like it as much or possibly more. Hmm. And in that same line, I thought, I can spend half your budget of thirty six grand and get you the same era 2011 335 IS. Oh, that's good. Which I keep has forgetting the about the turbo that motor that actually has it's more so torque good. than the M3 you love. So it's the same body style, essentially, but they're rarer. <laughs> I love the look of them. They're like 20 grand for a nice one. Yeah. They've got more power. They're turbo. They're more power straight six than the big V8. But you miss the V8 personality. Where are you? These are two BMW. I have others, but but since you like that M3, I thought you right now need to go out and drive an early M2 and a 335 IS. You're absolutely right. He could get the 335 for half of his for half of his. I'll bet you they're 18 to 20. Uh, I know they are. Ones. I know they are. Yes. I keep forgetting about that car. Yes. And there is a bit of irony here that you you are hearing it. Light works on an oil rig and might buy a thirsty V8 mm-hmm. car. There's the irony going on. Hopefully, he drives you, a big pickup, so it's it's synergy that, anyway. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's back off. You know, to your budget, and you might consider sort of the inexpensive variants of season six of this first episode. Oh, I see where you're going. Yeah, yeah. Which would be nine eight seven Cayman. Sure. Yeah. Regular M2, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And as an alt, a little bit to that Supra. How about the BMW Z4 Coupe? Sure. That kind of sure. it's older. It's yeah. 06 to 08. I yeah, get yeah. it a little bit older, but you could still spend 18 to 20 and get one of those too. 
They're Does that have the drive. same motor as the 335 IS? Uh, I'm asking a question that I can't yeah. verify at the moment. Right off the top of my head, there's so many engine designations in that world that are slight variations of that each was, other. I can't the, save the second uh, off the top I, of my I head. need to look that up. But, right. but here's the thing. It's a lot of the M3 running gear, but it's not the V8. It's, not the, it's, it's, right. it's a very right. fun car. It's a very fun car. What we look at that is such the you know BMW in their era of oh, yeah. cobbling together cars from parts laying around the shop and going watch our YouTube video. Well, here's this one. What do you guys think of this one? And they, you know, brilliant. It's, it's the motor out of the prior M3. That's what it's from. It's the E46 motor. Isn't it's the E46. Because E46 right. with a different body style. It's okay, like the greatest hits of that era. Okay, I had to so think it's, about it's it for a, a second, engine, but that's right. what it is. But but, but it's okay. great. It, no, okay. it's it's it is. We've talked about it before. That is, watch our YouTube piece. It's kind of a greatest hits in, uh, BMW there, so that'd be worthwhile. I see that for sure. I'm just gonna put this out there. 2002 911 Carreras, base Carreras are 25 grand. Just yeah. I just wanted you to yeah. know that, and then okay. we'll move on. All right, all right. I want to take you in a different direction as well, and that is to even smaller front-wheel drive hot hatches. Wow, I'm surprised you went there. Okay, keep going. There's two that were that will easily fit in your budget. Well, one of them will. That is the Hyundai Veloster N. Yeah, for sure. I want I want to know what you think of that. And I'll mm-hmm. bet you your Hyundai dealer will give you a test drive in that light. They're super cool. And the Honda Civic Type R. You I might need to go a, there. a used couple-year-old, something like that. But for thirty six grand, I just I want you to have that hip pocket experience. So mm. when you go, maybe you say, no, Paul, I didn't like them, but at least you know. Or maybe you, something surprises you about those cars. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, like, what I want you to have, while you're on the rig working, all you can think about is the car <laughs> at home waiting for you. You get to drive when you come off the rig. I love that. That's what we want. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I love that. Whatever it is you land on. But ultimately, you're seeing what this is designed to do is just kind of get you thinking a little bit different directions. And then, okay, here's what we consider the benchmarks. Let's back off to your budget. Mm-hmm. And then here's some side variants and, you know, go drive this, go drive that. But you are going to be need, needing to be strategic about your drive homework and just kind of come at it with a plan. Mm-hmm. You do have some time, it sounds like. It's not like yeah. you commute to work, you need a reliable, I got to get a car tomorrow, you know, true, kind of thing. True, But he's but he's strategically but starting to shop. Which I've got great. a couple others I want to bring up okay. here. Again, that M3 gave me a lot of parameters, okay? You're looking at V8, rear-wheel drive, fun car that can also kind of do the daily stuff. All mm-hmm. of these things are factors. You mentioned the Cayman S, Paul. I'm going to mention the Cayman S again because I think you need to drive it. Like, you're you talking really, 987? Yes. You need yeah, to drive yeah, the Cayman yeah. S. I think you're going to really like that car. You don't have a V8. It does have a motor with a good voice. It's got a good screaming flat yes. six back there. Yes. So, But you don't have that V8. I'm wondering how much the V8 matters here, but you should at least – you're talking drive homework. Drive a Cayman S yeah. so you understand what you're dealing with. Since, since I get the impression from you that you don't have a lot of variants of things you've driven – there's so many things I do like about that era, that E92 era M3. So let's drive yeah, some other rear-wheel yeah. drive stuff and get some other experience. So the Cayman S for sure. But then I actually think I may have the cars for you. Oh, really? One of the variants of what I'm about to talk about. Because you're a guy that's come out of trucks. Okay. You're a guy that has discovered things you like about the M3. You're a guy that likes V8s. You realize you should shop Corvettes. Oh. Now – the C6 Corvette, that's the generation pr- uh, prior, a couple generations back. Now that we have the C8 coming eventually. It's two generations back, okay? But this is so the like the 2011, 2012 era okay. Corvette, okay? You may find, or you may be earlier than that, but you may find a bottom-of-the-market Z06 with a 7-liter V8. I found a few <laughs> for your budget of around 35. You want a big V8. 
Corvette has. That it. is honestly, that V8 puts that E92 V8 to shame. It does. It puts it to shame. I think the fuel economy is about the same, too. Probably. It's actually a lighter car. But that, that's a fantastic car to drive. Watch our American original film on that car. But if you can't go that route, you know what there's a lot of at your budget of C6s? is the Grand Sport, which is the Corvette Greatest Hits album. Mm. There's a lo- I found a ton of I went looking today. I found a ton of them at your budget. Really? Grand Sports. Really? You know what else is at your budget, though, is the first year or two... 2013-2014 C7s, the next gen, the generation we're just coming out of, C7s with the Z51 pack. I was going to say, can you get it with a Z51? Yes, yes. C7, Z51 pack, manual transmission. I found a lot of them, 30 to 35. I actually think, Light, you're a Corvette guy. I think that is going to check every box you liked about that M3, get you the really good V8, I think there's a lot of car there for you. I like everything else we've mentioned. I think if you really want to drive homework, chase some others. But I want you to drive a C6 or hopefully maybe even a C7 Corvette and go, what do I think? Those are quite good. I I agree. If you need the V8, that is going to give give you your fix. And I do want to touch real quickly on the question that we've had in multiple ways, multiple variants, essentially about the values of C7s now that the C8 is on the scene. Mm -hmm. And knowing that they've dropped that far tells me that they are going to continue to drop. Listen to the whistle. Yep. On the other hand, (laughs) what's that? Yeah. On the other hand, but... What's that noise? That C7's dropping. They're two different driving platforms. True. That might not matter. Maybe I'm, I'm bringing up something that you know, just isn't there. But there are two very different cars. So if you still do want the front engine, sure, that, you know, long GT car Mm -hmm. kind of feel, Mm -hmm. that would still not inflate but sort of buoy the values they'll just kind of float along and kind of sustain versus you know okay so over here's the new mid-engine it's Mm -hmm. you know totally different driving platform i I don't know i'm i'm kind of theorizing out loud here because they're so different in platforms this is a brand new untried platform Sure, sure sure we came up with that out of thin air over here on the c8 Hope it's great. Well, this is Corvette's opportunity. We know those C7s are great. They're fantastic. This is the Corvette's opportunity to do what we've talked about, which is making Corvette a sub-brand of sports cars at various price points. Mm -hmm. This Mm -hmm. is the moment to do it. Take that mid-engine upmarket. And I wonder if the – side note, side rant. I wonder if the C8 is going to do the GTR trick. Meaning Super what? cheap this year. A little oh. bit more expensive next year. A little bit more expensive next year after that. Five years down the line, you can't touch one for less than hundred grand. I really wonder. I think you're right. But I'm actually. very excited about it. But what right. if? But what if the the C8 were 120 to start, but a, a giant killer at 120, and loaded mm. out at 160. I'm going to say it again. And what if this C7 platform stayed around at between 50 and 80, and then you. Get your GT86 killer as your mini Corvette, whatever. You, you know what? It's the Corvette Fiero. I'm using brands they actually own number, n- names for. <laughs> or the Corvette Solstice. I'm using brands the that Fiero GM owns is still a, name a cool to. name. Despite the old car, it it's is. a cool name. But, but go with the Solstice. That was front engine. Yeah. Go with the Corvette Solstice. That even kind of works. It actually does kind of work. Okay, so you have the Solstice that is the the GT86 uh, competitor at thirty grand. That is, put it in one of your four cylinders. Let's bring it. The Corvette lineup is possible. They're at the the, the, the pivot point right now to do that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm off on a rant, but there you go. Well, I, yeah, I, I think that right now C7s are dropping just because it's the old one. Absolutely. The C8 is coming. And Absolutely. Just for the sole reason that it's the old one. But once people drive the new one, maybe people come away saying, you know what? I really want the front engine. I want 
only you only have to go back one generation to a still very good car, very relevant. Mm-hmm. The price has dropped. Maybe they maybe they float along. Maybe they continue to drop. But ultimately, we'll really know. You know, say mid twenty twenty. Once they year. actually yeah. Yeah. get in the hands of real owners who like them or don't like them, or watch I can't our, imagine they wouldn't. But watch our C seven I mean? piece when we first drove the C seven. That car with the Z fifty one pack for thirty five grand is a lot of car. <laughs> it really is it's a lot of car. Yeah, you don't even have to go further up in the food chain at all. You might not be buying a car right now, but you're probably still looking. We're all looking all the time, and it seems like there's always a new place to search. That's why we love Autotempest.com. With Autotempest, you can only enter your search one time and see results from Cars.com, eBay, all of Craigslist, and many more. Or you can jump to AutoTrader or CarGurus without entering anything new. Your same search on a new site. So if you're looking for fun or you need a car right now, don't search all over. Start at Autotempest.com. All the cars. One search. The weather's changing, but the sun is still out, and it's baking your car's interior. Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine. These custom sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens. I I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com. Or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. Neil Kay writes to us from Oklahoma City. You remember up front, it's all about his kids. It's about he's, his daughters. He's, he's buying his, a car his for his tiny daughters. Yeah. And four-year-old daughters <laughs> who want to go fast. I love this. I do love this. He says that he's a 33-year-old gearhead from Oklahoma City with two kids. Very cool. He's got this dilemma because he's in three months of moving on from his 2015 Chevy SS. If you want to go fast, that's probably one of the cars we'd recommend. Well, but here's the thing. Right? He has it. He has the SS because he's listened to us. That's why he <laughs> shopped for it. That's yeah. why he bought it. And he actually takes his time to say, I love this car. Which is I've great. I've loved it. It's I'm been thrilled. everything he needed I'm it thrilled. to be. Which, honestly, Neil, I'm thrilled to hear that. And it is the car that because it has, it's been the family car and plus the dad mobile. It's been the car that he's had his daughters in the back that has created in them this need <laughs> to go faster. So it's awesome and it's done its work. But he's saying, okay, it is time to move on. The rest of the things in the garage, his wife has a 2014 Durango Hemi. That sounds like fun as well. And he has a 1967 Chevelle Pro Touring Project. It was his first daily driver. He's making it more and more and more into a track car Chevelle mm-hmm. that's also yeah. not going anywhere. So this puts him in a dilemma. I'm going to sell the SS and get something else. <laughs> it needs to have four doors. I need to still have the girls in the back and enjoy themselves. Or should I just buy something boring and put money into the Chevelle? Well, he says, you know, he's not sure where they conjured up this idea of where to go faster. He's not sure yeah. where this came from. Who we don't know either. Who those poor little girls? I, yeah, who was the bad influence there? I'm sure I it wasn't know. dad. I'm sure I don't know. He yeah. says the treadwear is above average when they're in the car, but he's not sure why. All right. <laughs> he says, because we're shopping in this arena and we want to go fast, we is the royal we, the we, collective we. Me and the girls, yeah. I love the Chevelle Pro Touring, which means you have to pop the chute just to stop at the red light. And do you like do you cruise past through the intersection accidentally? Well, but but pro touring, I, it's, I he's doing that. some corners in that. It may, but it may have clips for the hood. <laughs> you have you know the posts and oh, the clips sure. for the hood. Anyway, yeah, which is awesome. All right, so he needs four doors to haul around customers. He says so. This limits you know his careers in sales. So it true, limits his options. True. He can't show up in an S class and have them thinking they pay him too much. Yeah, that's always an issue. He's open to manual. He's open to auto. 
But get this, he commutes over 400 miles a week, mostly highway with minimal stop and go. Mm -hmm. He enjoys the occasional autocross, but the Chevelle is already set up to do that, so he doesn't necessarily need that from his daily. Mm -hmm. Keep this in mind. Also, he's in Oklahoma. Most of the roads are pretty straight, so acceleration is the primary fun. (laughs) This is the point. The budget is $32,000 with limiting me at $35,000. And he's considered, of course, the SS sedan with manual. Is it too similar? Maybe. Because he has the auto. Should he get the manual? Yeah, yeah he's okay. got that already. Right. Yeah, yeah. Charger scat pack. He suggested the SRT, SRT8 Jeep. The Focus RS, which is a little bit left field. Mm-hmm. The Golf R. Also a bit left field in this list. Yeah. Keep going, yeah. A GS350 F Sport and a Kia Stinger. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm all over the board. One option could just be to get more of a conservative daily like a Taurus SHO or an Acura TL or you know, some other truck, and then throw money over here at finishing off the Chevelle. Mm-hmm. But he said, <clears throat> being conservative may get some booze from his daughters for not <laughs> being fast enough. If they're throwing <laughs> things at you from the back seat and daddy go faster and, and you can't, hmm, that, that could be a problem. So we're here to solve it. And I do have some thoughts for you here. All right. Neil, I first want to say that Noise is ex- that that's attached to the acceleration. Yeah, yeah. That's important. We can't ignore that. True. But maybe your daughters would overlook the noise in their quest for speed. Okay. I mean, if they're two and four now, like a year, t- five, ten years from now, I mean, they're going to be drag racing themselves. <laughs> We're starting them early. Might as well just buy them a race suit now. Sign they them up. Grow into it. It's terrible. <laughs> All right. Now, part of the fun that we preach in driving a car that appears more expensive than you paid is what the everyday driver brand is all about. Mm -hmm. It started early. I mean, the 928, it was an $80,000 car in 1988. Yeah. And it still looked like it. And it was unrestored. When you owned one at less than 20. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I paid 19.5 and people went, wow. Yeah. Did your ship come in? How well are you doing? Yeah. What do you do? I was like, no, I paid 19.5. Yeah. 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 And they, you know, blew their minds. So we love doing that, of course. Now with, you know, we play the guessing game with the Phaeton and the Maserati. Well, so. <laughs> Nobody what thinks they're as cheap car? as we are. Yeah. You like it, don't you? How much? How much do you think? <laughs> and then, you know, we blow their minds. But you might not be able to do that in this situation because that could work against you, as you mentioned. So I come to, you know, a big V8 or something turbocharged. And yeah, American cars are great for cheap horsepower. That's sure. what yeah, they yeah, do. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Corvette's out the window because, you know, you, you've had the Chevy SS. You need something with, uh, with the space. So, I do like your suggestions. I did go find you a 2017 Dodge Charger RT 392. 13,000 miles is exactly $35,000. Okay, all right. Like it. This could work. I also liked your suggestion for the Kia Stinger. The GT's got the twin turbo, and you you get into that, and she has plenty of power there. She moves. But I'm going to ask you, knowing all this about you now, I'm going to ask and push for this. Okay. I went shopping. I found you in Utah for sale, a 2013 <clears throat> Tesla Model S Performance. I wondered. P85 with 67,000 miles for $34,950. It is dark blue with the, the turbine wheels, mm-hmm. black and tan mm-hmm. interior, and the 285 kilowatt battery. Uh, 35 grand for a Tesla that's got the ludicrous mode and it's fast. And this is how we sell cars now. 
This is the future of electric cars. We're going to sell them predicated <laughs> on the fact fast. that we'll pin your daughters to the yes. You know, they'll be screaming and giggling, and this is this. The, it'll be daddy slow down. Is, is what, what it'll you be. Want, it'll right? be daddy slow down. Honestly, it's funny you bring that up because I actually had that as a wild card on my list. Was if we're talking about four doors and speed, then you it's need electric. to at least look at a Model S. I'm wondering, and I, and like I thought I about like the it. Tesla yeah, yeah. Model Three. I mean, this was initially my top yeah. top choice over here. If you you know just close your eyes, ignore the final sales price, and just focus on the monthly payment, which is pretty much the opposite of what you should do to buy a car. <laughs> but just ignore the final sales price. Just focus on if you can afford between six hundred thirty-five and seven hundred and seventy-four dollars a month. You could have a brand new Tesla Model Three. Mm-hmm. If you get the dual motor, of course, it's more expensive. Sure, but. Even this 2013 Tesla Model S, at this point, do miles matter on an electric car? Well, Do they matter like it does on a gas-powered car? And if he's doing 400 miles a week, what is the gas bill that will be blown away by driving the electric car? Does that yeah. offset the cost to get into that new Model 3? It might. It, it might. might. I don't know. That's a good point. But it's a thought. A big V8 is going to chew through gas, and especially with that kind of commute. I want to recommend something Large and heavy and fast I've got and some fun. Things and along those lines, but I, yes, I want I to do you. that. But then I read four hundred miles a week. Mm-hmm. That's going to get expensive. Even if you're, you know, rocking it and you're a rock yeah. star sales guy, that's going to get expensive. Yeah. yeah. So what about this Tesla? And especially your clients get in and they know they were one hundred and fifty grand brand new, and they mm. give you any kind of guff about them. You can say. Yeah, but guess how much I picked this up for? Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. you can do the same thing that we're talking about. You can blow their minds. This one's 35 grand. They're yeah. down to 35 grand now for a Model S. Yeah. This nice. And it looks gorgeous. It's top condition. Found it on Auto Tempest. I like it. It's here good, in Bountiful, good, good. Utah. Huh. Holy moly. Well, and conversely, if he's spending even more than that, but he got a Model 3, nobody looks at a Model 3 and thinks it's an overly expensive car. True. I mean, so you, might dodge you can it get it up to too. 60. You can. You can for more. sure. Well, a lot, well the, one, the way you want it is but, about 60, but yeah. You know, okay. But yeah. then you think about <laughs> your commute, but most importantly, do it for the kids. I mean, <laughs> do you want your daughters to be happy or not? <laughs> do it for the kids. Tesla's for right? the kids. That's where we are. Okay. I want to run through a couple of those. I actually really like that, and I back your play on that completely because it was on my list. If we're going to talk about non-electric cars, you would in, look. You've had that that uh, Chevy SS. You've enjoyed it. Yeah. I actually think that the Charger's the wrong call because I don't think it's as dynamic and fun to drive as the SS. I mean, you straight have, line. It's got that power. You have but the power. It's got tons of space inside. But I think you're going to miss the dynamics of the SS comparatively. Sure. What about a Cadillac ATS V used? Is that too flashy? Get a four door one of those. Mm. The last gen ATS V. That's a lot of power. A lot of fun and dynamics. Wonder about one of those. Maybe too flashy. I don't it's know. decent. Alpha Julia. You probably couldn't pull off the Quadrifolio, which is the one you really want. But the Alpha <laughs> Julia is fun, period. Right. So you may right. want to drive one of those. Also, your budget is at the bottom of the spectrum for a brand new Genesis G70. Could you get sure. one with a few miles on it and get it into your budget so you can get the same motor that's in the Kia Stinger? I think it is dynamically better to drive than the Kia Stinger and also a slightly nicer place to be. If you're going to spend mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of miles in this car, 
I would love to be in a Genesis G70 for a long time. I mean, that is in a corporate level that does impress. You get in it's, that thing and you think, "Wow!" But it's not. But I, did, but I didn't. But not pull up in a Mercedes. It, it right. walks that line really right. well. Of it's a lot of car for the money, and it it, it is a dress to impress car. Yeah. But it isn't yeah. a how much are we paying you at the same time, <laughs> yeah. which is really nice. It's that fine line. Yeah. But yeah, then yeah. we've got to think of the kids over here. We've got to think of their speed needs. <laughs> think of the kids. <laughs> Okay, we're jumping to social media questions. By the way, thank you both for your awesome questions, your awesome debates. Yeah, Write to really us, cool. everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. Drop us a line. Drop a, drop us Topic Tuesdays mm-hmm. and keep your debates coming because we'll definitely need them for uh, for continuing throughout 2020. But I'm jumping in over here. There is uh, a, a spoiler alert coming right now. Uh-oh, okay. For the next 30 to 45 seconds, I'm going to be talking about the movie Six Underground on Netflix. Oh, yes. Okay. I saw this. So if, I saw this if you question. have not seen it, yes. please skip ahead mm-hmm. and come back. If you have, I'm going to be talking about it. So just fair warning. Todd showed me the trailer. And then I showed the trailer to my dad. You, well, not the trailer. You mean the actual opening or, Sorry, chase. not the trailer, but the, but the actual the opening, opening chase. chase. Yeah, the and then 15-minute chase. Yeah, yes. that, that part. And then I showed that to my dad. And then we decided to just keep watching the whole Did movie. Did you see the whole thing? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I really love. So, spoiler again here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really gory. It's, it's bloody gory. and yeah, gory yeah. Yeah, and yeah. really violent. Yeah. But there's a Maserati QP5. <laughs> I love that you're not even the- going with the Julia. <laughs> I'm rubbing my hands together. Yeah, Julia and all that stuff. Great, great. The Julia great. in like solar green, but that's not what we're talking about. But the QP5 mm-hmm. is in the opening chasing. It's hanging with the Julia. I mean, this is a at least 10 or more year old car hanging with the new Julia in the car chase. So are the suburbans, by the way, but anyway, keep going. But you can actually see, look for it. This does not ruin the movie for you. You can see the welded steel roll cage they put in that Maserati because it does get flipped. And there is one less QP five on the planet because of this cool. There's probably a few too less, but yeah, it is yeah for sure. It is one of the best car chase scenes I have seen Hands down, mm-hmm. and in a long time, Ronan is up there. Yeah, Ronan is still a gold standard. It's for me. really, really good. But this is unbelievable. If you have not seen it, I highly encourage you. I haven't ruined anything because of how much craziness is in this chase scene. Yeah, but look for the dark blue. It's like a metallic navy kind of aquamarine, bit of aquamarine swirled in. Hanging with the bright yeah. green Julia. With guys There's hanging a, out the sides. And they're firing at each other. Submachine guns. It's ridiculous. Oh, and it tears the door. Oh, it's just, it's the greatest. And then the QP5 gets annihilated. Yes, along with many other things and people. <sighs> I will say this about that I chase scene. Watch I've, that watched, I've watched the chase scene a few times. Uh, because it's one of those things where Michael Bay, <clears throat> yeah, I could go for a while. I could go for a while. I've met the man. I, 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 Have you really? I, I, I met him briefly on no kidding. A, I didn't a horror it. film I worked on that he was producer. It's no a kidding. side note. But Michael Bay is, is – I'm not sure about his contributions to cinema, but I will say this. I really think <laughs> – I really think that when it comes to action scenes, specifically car-based action scenes, I don't know that anybody's doing it better. Right now, as far as yeah. current directors, that that is where he got his start. By the way, he was doing car commercials initially. He was doing BMW car commercials and others. Mm. He that was his background, and he, you can still see that he really shines there. And the I don't. The guy think, knows what he's doing when it comes to wrecking cars. Uh, the the first ten fifteen minutes of, of of Six Underground, where they do that car yeah. chase scene. Oh, and before that, they shoot a Red Bull acrobatic plane over. Uh, yeah, uh, that yeah, was over spectacular. The water. That kind of stuff he shoots so well, and he knows how to shoot. He he really shoots stuff that looks like music video commercials. Yeah. fantastic. That the movie never operates at that level again. Mm. 
It's never well, as good as those opening minutes. I mean, not that it needs to be. It's really I, a throwaway popcorn film, which a lot of his stuff is. You realize this guy has the thing he's done more than anything is Transformer movies. Ponder that for a second. You're kidding. He's me. done more Transformer movies than anything else in his entire what? career. But this Six Underground, that opening car chase scene is way up there as far as car chase I scenes mean, are concerned. He, he almost melded everything from like Bad Boys to The Rock, all in one scene, and I was just jaw dropped. It's it's very good. And, and then the Maserati came in, and I was like, yes. It's also the rare car chase scene that shows effects to innocent bystanders because generally yeah. there aren't any it's yeah, just was... whatever the cars are they go through this major city area and nobody else is affected by the fact that there's bullets flying and cars sliding and that kind of stuff this they actually decided to do a nod to that which is also funny okay so now we're finished talking about six underground you can keep going now that was four minutes later but sorry it's okay that. uh brian brian schrober says on facebook he's asking a scenario hypothetical it's 2025 and Amazon has realized that uh, their car show grand tour is now done because <laughs> those this. guys have decided to retire. Would we ever consider selling the brand or show? Brian, um, I like money. <laughs> I, I, say. Do. I like money. What's Amazon offering? I mean, I, you know, I, look, I, yeah. We've built this brand from the ground up. It is, it is an important brand to us. We would like to keep it honest and to that brand. Uh, if Amazon's coming with a big check, what would they like to do? I'd like to have that conversation <laughs> yeah. for sure. I will say this. What I think is more likely and more interesting to Paul and I is to do a variation of what we do that's not actually the Everyday Driver Show. It's something else mm-hmm. sure. that would be yeah. in the vein of our strengths. But we even have an idea, that I won't share it all here, but we even have an idea that we thought up uh, that was where we kind of built a, a pitch sheet for a money no object. Well, let, let me put it another way a grand tour style budget show that we did, what would that look like? Mm -hmm. We've already kind of built that out and mapped it out and thought about 20 or so episodes. So it's something that we kind of have in our back pocket for other reasons I won't get into. But that's the kind of thing we would do if somebody like Amazon came to us and said, let's do your show. We'd go, let's do this show because it plays on the strengths of what we do, but it allows us to go bigger, which let's be honest, what is grand tour? It's a travel show with a monster budget and a bit of a car problem. (laughs) Exactly. A couple of quick questions here. First of all, Wheelman GT asks how confident we are that the Tesla Roadster will be on sale sometime this year. I'm sorry, I was drinking while you said that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We're not confident. Well, but this is no, the no, answer. No, 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 hang on, hang on. On a moment of, of trying to be very serious and legitimate about this. Tesla has never made one of their own deadlines for when a car would be available. They never have. Which the world has come to expect, but there's the Model Y that needs to come out first, and we need to get sales of that going. They have done their factory that's opened in Mm -hmm. China, and they're delivering cars. They're building cars there, which is amazing They obviously build and deliver cars. Things are happening, but the Roadster, I feel like this is not just a Model 3. This is not a Model S. It's none of what they currently make Mm. because of the performance of this. So I think for people to throw down a quarter million dollars it's going to have to be exponentially better mm-hmm. it can't just have the same kind of tesla interior that they have in it now interesting point it can't interesting for point. a quarter million dollars no mm-hmm. i will buy four point. other caymans for that kind of money maybe no maybe thanks. it's bragging rights but i take your point it yeah. is but it's going to have to be now if it's going to live in the hypercar acceleration mm. and numbers and we throw numbers at each other in the bar fight <laughs> My numbers are bigger than your numbers. <laughs> Isn't that Meh. what it's all about? Yeah, that's like, really what it's about. Well, let me talk about the Bugatti. And it, that I haven't uh, driven more than 40 miles an hour, but did you know it can do 300? Exactly. That makes me better. Because, yeah, yeah that, that'll help. I can't, I can't uh, park it, but it'll do 300 miles an hour. Exactly. I ran into three cones on the way over here and brushed against a pedestrian, but it'll go 300. And ding my wheel. Now I owe 25000 And anyway. But 
it's got to be at a really high level to justify that kind of price tag. Interesting tactic. At yeah, this I take point, point. Take point, Tesla gets away with, okay, they cost a lot of money. They're cars from the future. They work. They're good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're making them. They're out on the market and used. You can buy them. I mean, all yeah. that is true. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And now this new Tesla Roadster, it's got to be hot. It's mm-hmm. got to be beautiful. It's got to be, you know, at a quarter million dollars, it's got to have beautiful, exquisite things about it. That's an interesting point. That current Teslas yeah. don't have. A very interesting point. I take your point. So to do that, you got to sort out manufacturing. You got to mm-hmm. sort out all mm-hmm. these things. And then the buyers are there. You, you know, who people buying them are, are going to yeah. be there, yeah, yeah. no doubt. But to sort all that out, get it on the market, get that in the hands of customers while you're ramping up the Model Y mm-hmm. and dabbling with the semi truck. And now the Cybertruck's online and whatever yeah. else Elon decides to debut in 2020. Yeah. That's why I say no. Well, I just think it's the fact that they've never hit a deadline. So I don't think that we can really hold our breath for our new deadlines. But anyway. This other question was from Kazi Chav asking if either the QP5 or the Phaeton die, meaning something <laughs> goes catastrophically wrong, uh-huh. will they receive a Viking funeral? I will answer that question with a question. What would you like to see? <laughs> what would YouTube like? Which is the scariest question to what ask. What do you want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's very funny. <laughs> we'll leave it there. Rescue Pet Motorsports asked on Instagram, he said, uh, not a single car pictured in your, your Instagram picture of stuff we want to drive in 2020. Uh, ha- and only one existed. Hang on. He's saying there's not very many manuals in either the cars we're looking forward to drive in 2020 or in our personal fleet. There's only one manual, and that is my Lotus. And he's saying uh, they will pry the manual from his cold, dead hands. He will only buy manual cars. Totally fine. Totally so uh, what do we feel about the manual dying? How do we feel about not having a lot of manuals in our life? And then he also said, and this is the big reason I'm answering this, he also said most of the cars on our dream trailers didn't have manuals. Hang on a second, my friend. <laughs> One of the eight cars I listed is not available with a manual. Hmm. Every seven of the eight were available with a manual. Hmm. Only because the Quadrifolio, they didn't bother putting one in in the States, but it's even available in Europe. So I like my manuals, sir. And I will say, <laughs> the Lancer, I have wished almost since the first month that I got to experience the DCT and kind of get used to it, mm-hmm. I wished it had a manual. Sure. I, d- sure. I would love to have a daily manual. I, I you know, realize all summer I do because of the Lotus, and it's fantastic. So I think they will always exist for those of us that want them. I really think they will. I think there will be manuals out there. The fact that people that are building electric cars are still even putting manuals in occasionally for experience and for the connection, I think they will always exist in some degree. On the flip side, I'm not going to avoid driving, buying, or enjoying a car because the manufacturer didn't bother to give it one. I agree there. And believe you me, I'm actually ready for a manual. I love the Cayman. I love the PDK. I'm ready for a manual in my life again. I miss it. I want it. But that doesn't mean that good to drive cars, fun to drive cars are, you know, only manuals. Sure. I, I'm, yeah. I can't go I hear there. you. I hear you. We've driven yeah. so many cars that are not manuals and are amazing to drive. And also there's a, I guess, a headspace, an embrace of the future mm. for the things that are going to be offered. I agree with you. I think they'll always be around in some form or another. I, I, I sure think hope Mazda so. I will, plan on it. Yeah. Mon, Mazda, Honda, and Toyota will probably always offer something to us as a mm. manual. Mm. I bet you. Hope so. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and I think Porsche is going to hang on too. I think it'll be, will a, hang it'll on. be a niche thing, but they'll keep offering There will well. be some models in the yeah, FCA, yeah, yeah. PSA product lineup that'll be manual you can mm-hmm. find. I think they'll be around and we'll gravitate towards those. But what if the car you like driving better and the dynamics of it isn't available in the manual. 
what if? I'm just saying. And yeah, will that sure, stop sure. you from buying it? Because yeah. it isn't. So it's and a it might, headspace. But yeah. This is coming. So I embrace the driving aspect of all these future mm-hmm. new cars. I'm, mm-hmm. I welcome it because I might just love it. And then I'll say, yeah, I wish it had a manual. But you know what? It's not. But I'm, I'm still going to like it. While we're talking about manuals, Hunter Brooks said, uh, what car have we driven with the best manual transmissions? He said he's driven the 1M, and he thinks it might be one of the best he's experienced. I, I like the 1M. In general, I don't feel like BMW. I know this, some of you are going to s- scream and yell and write letters at me, but I don't feel, feel like BMW typically has the best-feeling manual transmissions. They're good, but I've never thought they were amazing. Mm. They're up there. It depends on the car, too. Some, some of their cars are better than others. I will say just the greatest hits that I'm thinking of real quickly, uh, Honda does great ones. The S2000 is a showcase manual transmission. Yeah, for sure. The 86 chassis, BRZ, FRS, don't care what you call it. That six-speed is much better than people realize. It's really, really good. The Lotus Elise is not very good from the factory, by the way. Mine's got some changes that make it decent, but it's just to, to throw my own car out of the running. It's not mm. all that good. Sure. The 86, the FRS I had, had a better six-speed feel than my Lotus. Oh, absolutely. Which oh, is yeah. fascinating. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. fascinating to think about that, though, because the Lotus selling at sixty grand, you would think, well, that's sure. going to have a, here's sure. this $30,000 Toyota product, better. I also think that the late 2000s, like the 2005 to about 2012, 2015 range of Porsche products, if you found that six-speed manual, either the 911 or the Cayman, brilliant, Mm -hmm. really, really good. Those are three I can think of off the top of my head that are accessible and excellent. For sure. All right, room full of rakes. It's a warning. Matthew Hickey asks, how do you tell a female friend who's truly an awful driver? that she could really use some experience from advanced driver's training experience to help her. (laughs) We're going to have to leave off this question just because I think I'm I'm worried about people coming with pitchforks. If you choose to go there, Matthew, Uh first of all, you're going to have to decide if you're going to try this out or not. Yikes. But as Mandy actually answered you in the the column here on Facebook, first of all, you've got to approach it with a mindset of everybody likes to improve themselves. I like to improve myself in every area. You like to learn about however I can improve in sure, whatever area. Sure, theoretically, And somebody yes, that comes yes, in yes. with expertise, you think, okay, maybe maybe I can learn something. So if you come in with a mindset of, hey, you know, are you open to suggestions, first of all? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if they're not, that's as far as you can take it. That's a no. Absolutely. And yes. Matthew, no is a perfectly acceptable answer here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That That is possible. If they're not, then it's moot. But if you approach it from a, hey, mm. Would you be open to maybe improving and therefore name some benefits that it could do for her? It could do, you know, name three, whatever those are that you perceive in her driving. Mm. And you say, hey, I just, I'm, I'm here to help. I want to help about improve. about and landmines. And by the way, you also position yourself as not the expert. You're no. coming in to say, hey, here's what I know, but, you know, I, I know how to, I'm always looking, looking to improve myself, improve my driving, and mm-hmm. here's what it's done for me. You interested in something similar? And- Positioning it first like that and genuinely asking that question is always a good lead-in because that starts the conversation. Well, you know, well, you're offering me mints. Is my breath bad? You know, <laughs> why are you offering me mints? Hi, would you like a mint? <laughs> why? What's wrong with me? Yeah, right. it's, it's a, it's a yeah. little bit along those lines. Yeah. But if that is, then that opens the door for a conversation. Say, hey, you know, let me share you something. Share with you something I've learned, and that is this. And you know what that's done for me is blank, you know, whatever that is. I, I like the, the fact that you're talking about why it was unhelpful for you, I, why it was helpful for you. That is good. I do like that. Again, yeah. I come back to things I like to learn. I like to, you know, because I, I take the opposite mindset. When you and I are on track and we're learning from instructors constantly, I want to come in and say, beat on me. Tell me what I've done sure, to screw up. Sure. Tell yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I want to get yeah, better yeah, help fast. Me. Help me. Yeah. 
and whatever that is. And you could relate it to something in her life, you know, work thing or some hobby of, of hers. You want to learn and get better at that. And what videos do you watch to help you get better at anything, whatever it is you do, musician or cooking or whatever it is. Well, you, you do the same thing in all those categories too. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's certainly valid over here. On the other hand, it could be a terrible idea and never approach it again. <laughs> yes, run away. That that is that's the safest call. And I want to leave you there, Matthew. But but I'm gonna I'm actually going to add a couple little things. What Paul said, I think you're gonna to have to take this in stages. This is not. By the way, I'm just telling you right now. Even if you wind up, let's just say, perfect world, you wind up giving her help with her driving, and she appreciates you. This is not all one conversation. This is going to be Very a true. series of conversations Very where true. you ease your way there. If, but I'm going to give you the place to start. Don't even know you've thought of this. You need to ask her casually if she even likes driving. Does she like her car? Does sure. she enjoy that does driving? Need to be established. Yes. Because and that's going to have to figure out a way to very casually even ask that question. Because some people don't even like to drive. Hmm. So to talk to her about how much you like to drive and then ask her if she likes driving. Because if she doesn't like to drive, if she finds it a chore, you're done right there, man. There's hmm. there's no sure. let me help you get better. At something she hates, don't do that. Don't do this. Okay? If she likes driving, then you've got the crack in the door. But then you have to figure out. <laughs> the tiniest Then you have to tiny. figure out. And I like what Paul's saying. Talk from your own experience about things that you like about driving. If, if she says, yeah, I love to drive, then you can now talk about the things you like about driving That's and maybe ease your way into some stuff you've learned. And that might, you're going to have to really read the room. You said female friend. Are you involved with this female friend? Because if so, you may have to just run away screaming. <laughs> yeah. Because just avoid that because it's a fight coming. But you've got to really establish first off if she even likes to drive. Because if she doesn't and it's just a chore, you're done. Yeah, for sure. All right. Any other questions you've got here? Many, but we really ought to wrap it up. Okay, guys. Thanks a million for your questions. They're always so fun and creative. And then I, I see one and I there's, think, there's three or four more here uh, that are great. Yeah. There's, uh, they're so good. Uh, all right. We'll leave it there for now. Keep asking your great questions. We will put these in the queue and still get to them on subsequent podcasts. In the meantime, thank you for following us. Rate and view the podcast, by the way. Please. It's 2020. So now, fresh new year. Yeah. Tell us what you think of the podcast. And of course, be sure to catch the first episode of season six. That is Saturday, the 4th of January. And we're looking forward to sharing that with you on Amazon Prime. And then also Vimeo for our international viewers. That is coming within two weeks, about the same time as uh, Amazon Prime drops. So looking forward to sharing all that with you. Let us know what you think. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone. (laughs) 